Ba-da-ba-ba. Welcome to episode 40 of Fourth Times the Charm, the only podcast where every week is a brand new concept. I'm your producer, Ben, accompanied by your director, Matt. And Matt, holy heck, we got a two-parter today. Ooh. We're going to be looking at five stars under 50, the blackout experiments from 2016. And then on next week's episode, we're going to be tackling the 2021 no, a fiction film that's called The Blackout Experiment without yeah, we, an S. We got lucky enough that when, when we were picking the movie for this week's Five Stars Under 50, I think we had written down the 2021 one. Uh, and when we went and looked at it, I was like, oh, okay, like this is it. Maybe we can watch this. And then I was I looked underneath and there was a movie with the same name and a much better looking c- cover. And I was like, I really fucking hope that movie has less than 50 reviews. And I boy I clicked on 45 right in the sweet spot. Just right in just, the sweet mm. spot. The other movie's got 16, so it's a balancing act. If you would like to be our biggest fan, much like our current biggest fan Brennan, this week, you're going to need to message us on Instagram and use the passcode COYOTE, which was the, the original name of a legendary wrestler who passed away today, right, Big Scott Hall, also known as Razor Ramon, founding member of the New World Order in WCW, oh. one of the few wrestlers... Who you can truly call a pioneer in the industry. Uh, someone who had a lot of demons in his life that he actually seemed to get past by the time of his passing. Yeah, he recovered. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, there's a lot of emotions that come with the passing of Scott Hall, the first member of the infamous Click uh, yeah. backstage faction to pass away. There's a lot of mixed emotions, but I feel like even though he still passed away too young at the age of 63, his the, the legacy he leaves behind is a positive one, yep. and it's something that 10 years ago I don't think anyone really expected. Yeah, when when uh, I, we were talking to a, a sometimes uh, guest of ours, Nick, about this today, you know, he was really bummed out, and I was like, you know, of all of the wrestlers, of all the legendary wrestlers who have passed away that had, like an, like you said, an impact at the level of Scott Hall, so many of them have gone out tarnished. And, it's, and like, it truly, to me, is sad. I'm like, he got better, and he left, like, a positive message behind and a positive career. Like, I'm sad he's gone. But, man, he's, I'm glad his, he has, like, a, a full story. A good ending. He's got a he got a good ending, you know. Outside Scott of Hall's dying, legacy in wrestling is uh, very unique. He was the first man in the WWF at the time to really be the perennial mid card, upper card gatekeeper mm-hmm. role. He held the Intercontinental Title, I think it was five times, which at the time was a ludicrous amount of times with the belt. When he moved over to WCW, his debut as a renegade WWF superstar on Nitro programming was, and it remains to this day, one of the few truly iconic moments in wrestling television. 
with his you know who I am but you don't know why I'm here wait a minute and that's what they're gonna do to Cody Rhodes they're gonna do the exact same story well we're recording this on Monday so we're gonna find out I I swear <laughs> he's well, gonna come I promise you this is gonna happen this is this is one of the, I've had weird wrestling intuition a few times this is one of those moments. I feel like if he says it, it won't be till next week. This week, he's, he's gonna he'll, say it. Though. He'll he'll come out. He'll they'll do his entrance and he'll point at the WrestleMania sign and then they'll cut to black. Yeah, that's what I. Bet. Oh, for sure. That that's tonight. Yeah. But with his yeah. first. Promo. All right. Anyway, this is yeah. not about Cody Rhodes. This is about Scott Hall. Okay, guy who just died, passed away. He was known backstage as being a more giving member of the roster than a lot of the other members of the clique. Uh, looking at Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H, he was he was the second best behind Xbox. Uh, yeah, but he was known that. for being willing to put over guys when the other members of the clique weren't. Uh, he put over the one two three kid in a signature Raw match that catapulted Shawn Waltman's career. Uh, one of the last notable jobs he did was to Hiroshi Tanahashi in 2001 in Japan, which even on the downswing of his career, he was still willing to help out young guys. That's awesome. Of course, you know, the up until the last maybe five years, he was really known for a down period of about 15 plus years where his body broke down due to drugs, alcohol, repressed emotions due to prior issues he had earlier in his life but due to the help of the likes of diamond dallas page he was really able to turn his life around and it was good to see where he uh where he ended up with his life and it's a shame he couldn't stick around longer but i i feel good knowing that when he passed away it wasn't like one of those you know china situations yeah where people were like oh yeah china was great we can make money off of her now that she can't embarrass us which is a shame and it's a horrible thing but that's how wrestlers are treated that's how you know so so many in the past were Uh, ultimate warrior another great example he wouldn't have nearly the merchandising impact he has right now if he was still alive to say all those terrible awful things he died at the perfect time a warrior did yeah i mean for, yeah frankly <laughs> if it had gone on much longer yeah so the it's uh it, scott hall leaves an inspiring legacy mm-hmm. i would say uh just in the ring one of the truly all-time great professional wrestlers, one of the best looks in wrestling, had an extensive career from the AWA all the way through WCW into WWE, TNA, and so on. And, um, and, and yeah, that's, that's how I feel about Scott Hall. You you know, Matt, I actually helped influence the two sweet a bit. Okay. What? When, when so <laughs> they were already doing the two sweet, but when I was like three years old at the WCW shows we went to, I would like. You mean all of them? Yeah, I would do the two sweet, but I'd like 
dance them around and shit and I'd be like look I'm having them kiss each other and dance and shit with my stupid hands because I'm three that's awesome I want a video so, of that I we need, I'm gonna it, scour WCW footage yeah yeah I mean I got on a lot uh, but Scott Hall and Kevin Ash apparently thought it was hilarious so they would start doing it in their entrances well, like, make, so, like, like making the hands kiss and being all yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did the exact same thing. So if you look like late '98, early '99, they're doing that shit because I was doing it. This is this is an exclusive. This is yeah. this is why Squared Circle loves you, Ben. Yeah. So that's that's my relationship with Scott Hall. That's I I always knew who he was, and then found out and fell in love with Scott Hall and his performance ability. When Ben really showed me all of his work, um, I, I still think his two, uh, 2014 Hall of Fame introduction uh, speech conclusion is one of the greatest things ever said at a WWE event. Which is like, uh-huh. in my lifetime, I've learned hard work pays off, dreams come true, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. It's hey. it's such an incredible like. That that to me is what solidifies the um, the career in my mind of Scott Hall. Is that moment I'm like I don't care. This man can do nothing nothing wrong from this point forward unless he's like a Nazi. He was and he the was most effortlessly cool wrestler. Yeah. He was of he, all time. He's one of those people who teaches you that the that the thing that makes cool people cool is that they're not trying to be cool. They just are. Yeah, him and uh, Kevin Ash were two of the smartest guys in wrestling. They have that they have that inherent charisma that kind of gives off that like kind of that Elvis Presley vibe, but in a more comic book manner. So so here's here's one more, and then we'll move on to our uh, cinematic adventure. Our cinematic adventure, yeah. Uh, when. Hall and Nash went to WCW in 1996. Mm-hmm. You'll remember that the WWF started advertising Razor Ramon and Diesel will be coming back to the WWF in a few weeks because mm. Vince didn't own the people, but he owned the likenesses. Uh, oh, which that's would right. lead to him debuting the fake Razor, which was Rick Bogner, and the fake Diesel, which ended up being Kane. Now, when WCW saw this... A bunch of executives freaked out because they thought they screwed up the contracts oh, no. with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Oh, man. So they, so they race over to Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, who already signed great deals. And they go, hey, look, we know we screwed up. Here, just sign this. It's it's even more legally binding than before. We're giving you guys an extra, like, $200,000 on this shit. contract. Uh, just sign it, we'll be good. And so they signed it. Yeah, and why then not? they said, You realize that we were already signed to you guys. <laughs> I'm glad they had the wherewithal to not sign to to sign it. To be like, Smartest men in wrestling. Yeah. Well didn't, didn't you always say that, that um Kevin Nash was the smartest man in pro wrestling? With his money at least. He's he still is. Yeah, he's he's still the smartest man in wrestling. If you look at the Young Bucks, they learned a lot from Kevin Nash. They actually talked about it. How they so? went to an they went to an independent show once. They they were also working with Kevin Nash. And so Kevin Nash showed up to do an appearance. Yep. Right? He gets paid X amount. 
the end of the show, having a real hot finish. The promoter comes over and he goes, wow, Kev, it'd be awesome if you came out at the end and 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 helped clean house. And he goes, sure, I'll do it if you pay my fee again. <laughs> he goes, yeah, sure. C- can you give me a can you give me a jackknife? He goes, yeah, if you pay me a third time. He goes, yeah, sure. And so Kevin Ash got paid three times. That's amazing. In one night. Because Kevin Ash is so fucking smart. He just loves money. He just, he knows his worth and he uses it. It's all about the money and the miles, brother. It's the only thing that's real. Man, words of wisdom. But I tell you what else is real, Matt. Five stars under 50. Whoa. The Blackout Experiments 2016. We're going into it right meow. Welcome to Five Stars Under 50, (laughs) the podcast where we bring you the often forgotten, lost, or unseen movies of Amazon Prime and other streaming platforms. A show where we only watch films that have less than 50 reviews on Amazon Prime, and we hope to find those five-star gems, like we have in the past. And every now and then we find a stinker, and sometimes we find something interesting. And this week, we bring you something firmly in the interesting category. It's our first documentary, the 2016 documentary, The Blackout Experience, which is directed by Rich Fox and stars of Experiments. Experience. Experiments. Sorry. The actual thing was called The Blackout Experience, and it's been messing with me all day. The Blackout Experiments is a documentary about the blackout experience which was created by Josh Randall and Chris, uh, Thor in 2009. And we'll get into Christian Thor. What Ben said, we'll get into the history of the experience itself a little bit later in the podcast, but this is a documentary that dives deeply into what is considered the most immersive and innovative horror performance art experiences that took the horror and haunt world by storm from its inception in 2009 all the way to its apparent end in 2019 or 2021. Um, it's a fascinating fascinating thing in of itself that the documentary is being made about. Now, And uh, I'm sure Ben will talk about the fact that the documentary itself doesn't always give you all of the detail and context of the history of the Blackout experience. Um, and really tries to, in my opinion create almost a horror film that is a documentary um yeah, in order to capture the to try to capture an aspect of the uh the experience itself um so ben what did you think about this wonderful wonderful documentary i started to have some second thoughts about whether or not i should do this I signed my life away going to this place. You know, we all live once, and uh, I guess we all want to do something that's risk-taking or scary. Oh, 
like S&M. Upon receipt of this email, fill out the questionnaire below and send it back today. I see a camera on and it's watching me. They want you to have a traumatic experience. What do you want? You're I believe that Blackout has actually transformed me. I'm playing with fire, and somehow it felt rewarding. I'm sure it could seem like we're a cult. Down! This is what you want! This is what you want! I feel like the biggest failing of this documentary came at the ground level. One of the things I learned about documentary making is that you can't create a vision for a documentary, really, and then film it. Mm -hmm. You want to make a documentary about a topic. Yeah. You film it. And then from that, you piece out the movie and what it's actually going to be about. Mm -hmm. The Blackout Experiments 2016 is a solid documentary that tries to make it seem like it's something it's not and because of that i think it betrays the interesting aspects of the subject matter i don't think this is a bad documentary uh -huh. but i think that the way that it's edited inherently makes the subject matter less interesting mm. because like you say the documentary structures this like a horror movie. Yeah, it, but it, it replicates because the experience. It, but because it tries to replicate a horror movie, you sort of expect the things that you're going to be shown to be more extreme than they actually are. Especially oh. when in recent years you see documentaries for the lights for the likes of McCamey Manor, which came out of yeah. concepts like well, the blackout it directly experiments inspired by it um, right which are and we so much more horrifying and creepy and terrible see see ben i think i think that's i think that's where there's some some happens there's some issue with the with the documentary itself the blackout experience the actual thing is far worse than what the documentary portrays that's also an issue. The, what 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 we have seen of the of the McCanny experience, whatever how, how do you say it, the McCamey. Yeah, the act. Those people are psychopaths. Those people are dangerous. Well, we've Ben and I watched a documentary about them, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in this podcast. But it that's genuine. That's like them genuinely torturing people. But the the documentary doesn't get a doesn't put across how intense the experience really is because if you're watch when you watch the documentary it follows the journey of several fans who are like obsessed with or have become enamored by the blackout experience and you get to see some people's like first experiences with the in and out and it 
it, it, you get bits of what happens inside and you see a little bit of the manhandling and maneuvering but you really don't get the immersive horror trauma that is experienced by the participants even when you see them talk right. about it it doesn't ca- like their reactions in the documentary at a time to me felt a little inte- like I'm like based on what you showed me your reaction doesn't justify what your experience doesn't justify your reaction. But when you actually look into and, and watch some of the interviews and like read about people's actual experiences there, it is truly fucking intense. Like truly terrifying. Yeah. And, and that's a huge disconnect in the movie. Just to let, let's introduce what the concept of the blackout experience is as a part of the documentary the blackout experiments yeah so uh, do you want to do it or you want me to do it i can do it i i read all about it and watched like the the guy who created it describe it let okay you did your homework lay it on me yeah um so the the blackout experience or blackout it was originally created in 2009 by Josh Randall and say his name, Ben Christian Thor. Yeah. Those two guys who were performance uh, partners, Josh Randall actually owned and was running a theater production company and owned a theater in New York city, which is how the blackout actually started. Cause he had the space and they wanted to create something that was truly scary. Um, they, they've been on record saying that people didn't like know how to be afraid anymore and that nothing truly scared audiences. And so they created a immersive single person horror experience. So you have to go through blackout experiences alone. And that, that stays true throughout the whole thing. And it started as a, a summer, a show in the summer and was meant to not be a haunted house. They never wanted to be a haunted house. They were performance art. They were immersive theater. And that's what they still and always consider themselves. They just saw the horror and haunted house communi- uh, um, community and took advantage of their fame and po- and their like prestige. So in 2009, they started with that. And from there, the Blackout experience evolved into a deeply immersive, deeply personal um, psychological horror experience. Now... From 2009 through 2016, they would do like a Halloween show in New York or Los Angeles that you could just go to. It was always alone. Uh, it was always intense, but it was only like 30 minutes, 22 minutes. And it was just like a little, like their version of a haunted house, realistically, even though it was meant to be like a 20 minute short theater performance focused on making you terrified. What this documentary follows and what really is the true art of Blackout, especially according to the creator, one of the creators, Josh Randall, is the off-season events. Now, these off-season events took place in the real world. Um, the first one was in a hotel um, where you had to go to a payphone. You would then get picked up in a van driven around and then taken into the hotel room for the whole experience which is fucking terrifying um to like think about actually engaging in um and it evolved into these small basically invite only events and the only way to get invited to these events 
uh, was to have participated in previous events, having gone to like the main shows, had like contributed and had like been an active member of the community. And these people would get invited to these off season, private 45 to an hour long experiences that slowly and continuously ramped up in their intensity and their personalization. Um, one of the experiences they picked up uh, members and gave did a 45-minute blackout experience in a moving van. They never got oh, out of the sounds smelly. They never got out of the van the whole experience, except for in the beginning and the end. Uh, and in the blackout experiment, we see fan those fans who follow those off-season events who are in that invite list. And we see it ramp up and we see it ramp up to the experience that Josh Randall considers the true performance art, like objective of what they wanted out of blackout, which was the, in the actual participants house experiences where the members of the off season invite only list had to agree to allow blackout into their house. And there was no prep. They just showed the fuck up. Once you had agreed to it for it to happen and they just worked with what was there um, and did they took it to the, the next step. And I think if you don't know and have that kind of context while watching the documentary, you do lose some of the the impact, I think, of what think, Blackout really was. All of the impact, yeah. really. Well, and I think that's part. I think Josh, I, Josh Randall and. Christage, Kristen, Thor, uh, Randall and Thor wanted, didn't want the documentary to expose really what was happening because it was still happening. The blackout experience wasn't done yet. And according to Josh Randall and Christian Thor and the movie, the movie doesn't touch this at all. There's actually a consistent narrative that existed between all the main shows that happened in New York and happened in Los yeah, Angeles. That wasn't explained. <laughs> None of this is, unfortunately, which I find this is deeply fascinating. And uh, Josh Randall or uh, Mr. Thor, if you listen to this, we would love to talk to you and get your side of the story more so than what you've already shared. Because um, this is truly, to me, I I find this stuff special as a horror fan. And I think the people who actually listen to this podcast might be the some of the type of people who find experiences like this deeply compelling. Um if I had been able to do Blackout, I would have. Especially from these people. I wouldn't do the McCanny Manor thing because I don't trust those well, people. Well, that's that's straight up. That's torture. something else. Yeah. That that the, that, the that intention one they isn't don't, there. That one they don't have a safe word. They have a safe word for this. Because this which is I think is a telling This is art thing. This is this and and what I I was so very, very happy to see is like Josh Randall, the creator, kind of you know breaks kayfabe or speaks candidly about what the experience is, and the fact that it is meant to be a deeply artistic, performance-based experience. It's not meant to be a haunted house. You know, the objective is to tr- scare you and traumatize you and have the experience stick with you for the rest of your life. That goes without saying. But the base intention at it all is performance, is theater. It's not. And, and that doesn't come through at all. And actually, the more I talk to you about this, the more I dislike the documentary. <laughs> because I feel like it really did a disservice to the concept. The, the way the movie, the documentary is structured 
is you're introduced to this general idea of the blackout experiments Mm -hmm. and you're introduced to about half a dozen different people yeah you don't really learn much about them they're just like hey you know i want to find out what it's like to be scared hey forget about it and then they're captured and they go through their first blackout experiment and over the course of the movie you're introduced to the few remaining blackout participants who keep coming back which eventually is just this one balding middle-aged guy the whole time it was actually about 30 to 50 people okay by the way very good to know (laughs) like they did like those home visits they did like 25 of those in la yeah we did not get any sort of inkling about that i i also think there is there is an aspect to this which um I don't think most people would be willing to admit on camera they did this. Okay. Or loved it. Like, I I think a lot of people, who, a lot of people who probably are into this and love it aren't all of the people you expect. But and if, I think, if that's, I think a if large that's the majority case, of them don't want if, to be if seen. If that's the case, then they should have had people speak under anonymity or something. Yeah. Because really, all we... All we hear the respondents say is that, wow, they do some fucked up shit to you. Okay, well, the only videos we see include light waterboarding, light suffocation. That was some pretty intense waterboarding. We have... I don't know if you've ever been uh, waterboarded, Ben. (laughs) There's no way to do light waterboarding. (laughs) It's fucking terrifying. I mean, I'm sure it's not pleasant, but, but once again... This is presented like a horror movie. Yeah. And you're not given any context to the footage. All you see is someone having their head lifted out of water. You don't even see them being like actively submerged in it for very long. Yeah. So it's hard to get an actual idea of how serious this really is. Well, um, and as and as the content have, creators, Josh they, Rand, they, they didn't want that to rip the curtain away. They force them to strip their clothes off sometimes yes multiple times um not one of them one of the participants uh or one of the uh actors who is in the process of torturing them uh he fucks a he he has them fuck a chicken with their hand yeah they had a a fisted chicken that scene's fucking wild that shit was awesome you because you don't because like yeah i it does not capture how fucking terrifying fisting that chicken would be in that moment. And, well, yeah, because they show it out of context. Yeah, and, and the th- other thing I is... I mean, if is you that... just ask someone, hey, stick your fist inside of this chicken, that's not very intimidating. Yeah. yeah. If you ask them to do it after you've been waterboarded and suffocated and you've had three dots placed on your head in permanent marker... They did actually tattoo people. They did tattoo some of them? Oh, yeah, a lot of them all. all most of them all got tattooed. Okay, because the only person who they interviewed about it said, yeah, look, they, they marked my face with permanent marker. No, the one guy got, like a, got okay. the tattoo on his neck. That was real. That okay, one's, well, that they one's real. Make, they didn't make a big deal They didn't make it, it clear. No. Not at all. <laughs> okay, I actually disliked this documentary. <laughs> See, I... The more we talk about it, I the, the more... I, be, be, because throughout all of this, the big high point is 
the people being bagged. And then you show an uninflected shot of them being lifted out of water and an uninflected shot of someone hugging them and an uninflected shot of them with their hand inside a chicken. So none of this is fully portraying what the experience is like. It's just a snapshot. And if you're just providing a snapshot with this overbearing music, it's sort of, eh, okay. And as it goes on, they don't show you anything extra, really. They, They start taking their clothes off after the halfway point. But outside of that, they're still showing you the same stuff. Yeah. So it really does a disservice to the movie that they're apparently able to show so little of the actual experiments because which they, it, it which, just comes across so tepid even when it's not see like i i agree with all of you in that and i don't think this is i don't love this documentary but i i think what this documentary captured well and i think i mean i i think you have to have a lot of buy in to for it to pull it off but i think it does in a in a way capture the reason the intrigue the mystery the i i get like not the intensity but i get the ambience of the performance um and the fact that in the document i at one point i was like oh this is a fake documentary because they start having the 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 participants start asking whether the documentary crew is working against them um yeah like i thought that was really interesting but they provide it I, without any real context because what, what i think what i think might be the case and this is pure conjecture and just a guess i i think whoever made the documentary is a survivor is is a person who's a big fan was a member of the blackout community and then decided to make this because the rich rich king or whatever his name is off the top of my head yeah rich fox is actually like an extremely active editor in the uh in in TV and movies. He 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 uh he edited 13 episodes of 13 Reasons Why. He epi- he he edited episodes of Glee, the TV show Believe. Um one oh he was the head editor of uh 1BR, the uh Bedroom One or whatever the fuck. I've seen that movie. It was really uh, good. Honestly, I think that what happened here, and this is pure conjecture, Mm -hmm. but I think that the dude made a cut of the movie that actually showed a lot of stuff. And it was scary and it was creepy. And then the blackout guys go, you can't show this, 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 this. And then he had to replace it with garbage. Because remember, it's a short runtime for a documentary. It's exceedingly short. Um, yeah. And running in at, 80, I think, 80 only, minutes. What was it? Yeah, 80 minutes. That's not theatrical length. No. He had to have cut stuff from this, which I think would inform a lot of the issues yeah. that that plague this movie. Well, it's because it, the only way to, I think the only way to make this documentary good is to ruin the experience. Like that's but the see, problem. That's and the experience so, was still happening. I think this documentary so could be made that's now. My, so that's my second thing. I don't know if the guys who run this are carnies or not. They took I mean they're they're theater owners and performance people from New York City. Like they I, are they are people who have been part of the theater scene in New York making theater and putting on theater presentations together. 
And the way they met was Josh Randall met Thor at uh, when he tried to work when he was working for him at the theater he owned in New York City when he was a theater manager and had a theater company and tried to try to not, have I, like like I'm it's like full art that, house. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's not true, but what I'm saying is that the honestly the most the most interesting thing of the documentary yeah is when you get about three quarters of the way through and the only guy we're still following is the bald guy who's fucked and and he's obviously disenchanted with this thing yeah and he's obviously being led on like like a lovesick puppy by the team at this point well i i think i think the other people i think the blackout guys are are just kind of accepting him at that point you know what i mean i like i i think i disagree i think that that's i think that's an unfair i i think with how manipulative the experiments probably are i feel like that's a i think that's a they they bad faith argument josh randall has talked about having to kick people out like they they had to remove people from like the invite list and like i think when they did that to the guy at the end of the documentary i think that was actually happening to the subject of the documentary i I, I'm not saying they are or they're not, but I am saying that their tactics do come across as very manipulative. Oh yeah, I mean you're supposed to be yeah. I mean I I mean but it's like, inherent. It's immersive theater. It has to be manipulative. I I, I it, just wonder if it's bad faith or not. That's I'm not saying it is like, or it isn't. Like in so far as that Josh Randall and Mr. Thor wanted to actually like hurt people, or. <sighs> I'm not sure about that. I, I feel more are careless with other people's long-term side effects of it. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I don't think careless is the right word. I think they're very aware of what they're doing to the people. Like, I think they're okay with it. Right. Like, that's, they, and like you, that, that's, I feel that's like that reinforces my that's point. That's what you're signing. Yeah, but I mean, to I guess to people like me, that's not a bad thing. Like, I don't view it. Like, that doesn't, like, I'm fully comfortable with that. Okay. Like well, I would, I would go into blackout knowing that. But I don't think these people know that. A lot of them did. That's the thing. I know a lot of them did. Well, that's but I that's feel like the still... the off season stuff we saw. From my understanding, you had to like not necessarily. I don't want to say prove, but you had to show that you fucking you knew what you were in for. Especially if you got invited back. Sure. Sure. I I'm 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 not I'm not casting judgment one side yeah. or another. But it is something they did wonder as I was watching it. Um, the rest of the movie, it's really... The second half is the same as the first half. I yeah. kind of zoned out. Uh, oh. It ends where we follow our final character as he deals with a uh, a blackout inside his home. And at the very end, the guy who is torturing him makes him swear to never do blackout again that he is done and it gives him a sense of empowerment that now he has conquered blackout or at least i think that's what we're supposed to get out of it the guy seems a little unsure himself but but that's the yeah. note we end the movie on well we end with them talking and kind of op- like um kind of opening the curtain a little bit but i think they're in kayfabe a little bit but then did yeah you, did you know there's a post-credit scene i didn't stay for the post-credit scene there's a post-credit scene what, what happens in the post-credit scene it's right? just a dude sitting alone in a in a room looking really fucked up like looking really sad and emotional 
Yeah, that sounds about right. It kind uh, it kind of not... seemed like it. Like I took it as that was the filmmaker. I don't know if and, I'm supposed uh, to, but yeah, it's awesome. Un- unfortunately, that is not how I felt while watching the blackout experiments. So, so Ben, um, so Ben, what are you? What yes. are you giving this movie? Pfizer's under fifty. Before we started, I was gonna give it a six or a three out of five. Okay. The more we talked about it, the more I disliked it, <laughs> and 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 I want to give it like a four now. So I guess I'll split the difference and give it a, a two and a half out of five. Okay. I, it's, I I I feel like I feel like it's it's going on the spreadsheet. Like the the production value is good. The editing's great. The content is tepid. And I think the editing betrays what the content has to offer. It doesn't give you what you need. So, yeah. So, I'll give it a two and a half out of five. What do you give it, Matt? I, I give it a firm, like a solid three out of five. Dude, it's... this is the first time we have not agreed on a score. Oh, yet. yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know this if we're is... going on the next film either. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this movie is solid. It's, it's average. I feel deeply connected to this kind of content and these kind of experiences. Um, There's a lot of things that the participants in the film talk about and why they do it that I completely understand um, and have engaged with the community, the community surrounding and people who've done and do this kind of thing. And it's not for a lot of people. There's a few. I just, there's a, I just feel like this was, are gonna be disgusted by this. I don't even Some think this people is disgusting. Are gonna be, I like it's. But, but that's the thing. That's the failure of this movie. It doesn't come across as disgusting. It comes across as, frankly, kind of boring. See, I saw I saw past what was in the film and was looking at what that experience must have actually been. Like every time they did like the quick like two minute cut through of someone going through an experience, like. I could like imagine and put myself in the headspace of what that 45 minutes would have been. Well, like what I'm must have happened. Cause that's, that that stuff's fascinating to me. So if you, if you identify with my current explanation, watch this documentary. If you don't, don't. And if you I mean, want I to mean, watch, you should really just watch the first 40 minutes of it and you're good. I think watching the get, whole thing is worth it. You don't get it's eighty minutes long. Watch the whole thing. The last forty minutes. Disagree. Just watch the whole thing. A movie, I, I like how much we disagree, even though we're a half point different yes. from each other. I, I I have an emotional connection to this film. Now I don't. Yeah, which that's is the problem. that's the problem. Now what I do want to recommend here at the end of this before we finish the episode is a different horror haunted house documentary that Ben and I watched together. We didn't know what we were getting into. And by the end of it, we were genuinely uncomfortable and freaked out, yeah. which is Haunters, yeah. the art of the scare, which I okay, don't. In this one, this one is what is what the blackout experiments is trying to do. Yes. It actually does it well. It is genuinely when it's deeply, they go full behind the scenes. You talk to the creators about why they're doing it. And unlike the blackout, the blackout experiment the people who make the haunted houses in Haunters are genuinely fucked up people, except for the old yeah. guy. He's just cool. Um, the two other guys, like, I don't even care if it's kayfabe because I do not think it is. I think these are deeply damaged people who don't know, who make this experience that's more than it is. 
than more than what it should be. Um, and, and some of it I'm like cool with, and I thought was really cool. And then you get to the, all the McKinley Manor stuff and it's not cool anymore. That, that all goes out of the winter window when you meet the guy who is like hiring people to work for him who aren't stable. Which yep. gets across how scary it must be to actually be there. Well, Matt, that was a documentary. Go watch, go watch Haunters, the house, the art of the scare. Yeah, go watch Haunters. If if that, no matter what, go watch Haunters. If that movie like reverberates with you on a deep level, like you really feel feel like a like you really want to go and try it, you know, go watch. Then go watch the other documentary. Yeah, it's the same yeah, price on Amazon Prime. So, and hey, you know what? If you don't shit yourself at your first haunted house, <laughs> try and try and maybe the fourth time's the charm. 40 episodes, baby. All the hype in Woo! the world to the actual blackout experience. Woo! That shit's true art. Those guys are Woo! truly artists. That shit's worth it. Much Woo! better than the documentary. Follow us on Instagram. You Follow don't us on Instagram. Yes, I do. I, I think they are. Woo! They're worth it. I appreciate them. Good night. Hang Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Good afternoon. Let's fucking jam through these, man. Do we have like a? Are we, I wish we were the five thousand or fifty intros. Yeah. Okay. It's the uh, it's the alien Fox intro that goes into Rob Van Dam's one of a kind because he has the five star frog splash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Uh.